my faithful brethren. I love you guys so much. I really do. Um, I can speak on behalf of Jonathan and Stacy. They want you to know their extreme gratitude towards every single one of you guys. They love you guys so much, and myself included. Uh, you guys mean so much to each of us, and we love every single one of you with a sincere love for you guys, honestly. And in the gratitude towards all of your giving towards the ministry, but more so for your prayers, for your prayers. In 3 John 6 through 8, it says, to those who give, to those who go out for the name, your fellow walkers in this truth. So all of your giving, all of your prayers, you're walking right alongside of us in Mexico and the work that is being done out there. And so for that, we say thank you so much. Thank you so much. And words cannot express what God is doing out there in Mexico. It is a profound work, and I can sit here all night, and it won't be able to explain what God is doing in the lives of people and doing in the church and doing in the community, that people are hearing the power of the gospel. And our brother Jonathan has been faithfully plowing and plowing and plowing with the word of God. And that is what's changing people. So I told Jonathan the other day, I feel like I'm entering into a labor or entering into a harvest that I myself did not labor for. And it is a blessing to see people wanting more of God. I could sit here and testify all night about people and, and how they're being changed. Some of you guys know the family of Josefina. They're so precious uh, to our heart down there. She uh, started coming to church because she wanted to hear the truth of God. The whole family didn't want to hear about God, but she wanted God, regardless of what everyone else said. She said, I'm going to church, and I'm going to hear about God, and I'm going to know God. And one by one, her family is being saved, and they're being changed by the gospel. Her son, Antonio, he has become one of my best friends. He's a young man. But he is in love with the gospel. Him and his wife heard the word. They feared God. As we know, that is the beginning of wisdom. And they said, we need to get married. We cannot go to hell. We need to stay pure and we need to get married. And now they are in love with the word of God. They love going out and sharing the gospel. When I go over to their house, we're fellowshipping. We're talking about the word, talking about the word. And that is what the fellowship is about. Talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we have other people in the church. Carlos, uh, he used to, to uh, be a coyote and doing all these things, delivering drugs uh, across the border. And now he is, he is at church. He is loving the gospel. He is loving his wife. He is loving his family. And that is true change. As my brother said, a new creation in Christ. No longer are you walking in those ways, but you love the Lord Jesus. You love your wife. You love your children. That is change. And this is what is happening in this church. Another brother said he had not been in fellowship like this for 15 years because of the communion that is going on between the church. And uh, it's so beautiful. We go out evangelizing down south three hours and almost the whole church gets in that van and we go down preaching the gospel in two cities. Uh, Jonathan's doing evangelizing evangelism training after every church on Sunday, uh, Ray Comfort's Way of the Master. And last Sunday, he preached for, or they had service for three hours. And Jonathan goes, well, let's wait to do evangelism training. You guys need to go home. And three or four of them protested saying, no, let's do it today. They want to come to church to hear about God. And that is the beauty. The church is growing. Honestly, it is growing. But my, the most precious thing to me 
is that even though the church is not huge and big, it is a small group of people who are on fire for God. And that is the church of God. Those who love and fear the Lord Jesus Christ and want to walk in Him. Not a bunch of people playing church, but a bunch of people who are coming to church and saying, I want the Word. I want to share the Gospel. I'm about this Lord who died for me and saved me from my sins. And that is what we're seeing out there. It is a beautiful thing. And we go out uh, to Calimax, uh, right down the street, and almost the whole church is coming out evangelizing. They're loving it. And... I can't express the joy it brings to me to see a church like this fellowship here. You guys love and fear the Lord. And it's being replicated right across that border with people who want the Lord. And it's something so precious in my eyes that I could not give you words to express it. I honestly could not. And the other week at church, I was just looking at the church and I was, had all these chills just... Look what God is doing. Look at all these people worshiping the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. Right across that border, brothers and sisters, is a people of a different nation. They're of a different tongue, and they love the same Lord we love. And they serve the same Lord we serve. And it makes me think of what John says in Revelation 5. From every nation, in every tongue, there is a people who have been purchased by His blood. Please come visit. Please come visit. Please come visit the church. If you won't do it for them, please come visit me. If you won't do it for me, come visit Jonathan and Stacy. We want to see you guys. It is a beautiful work that God is doing. In Romans 1.8, Paul says, I long to see you that we could be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. You're going to go down there to edify them, and I'm telling you, you're going to come back edified. Because there's a church that loves the same Lord you love. And there's only time, time will fail me. If I continue to talk about God's work down there in Mexico. Um, but in Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Jesus tells us that the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. There is a giant harvest before us brothers and sisters. There is a great work to be done. Our Savior Jesus. He died the most crucial death for us. He hung there. Absorbing God's wrath for me and you. And he rose again from the dead. And we are to live in light of that. We are to be preachers of this gospel. Please come down to the mission field. There is a dying world who needs him. And if you won't come down to the mission field. Even though I want you to come down to the mission field. Plow into this city. Plow into Simi Valley. Plow into Venice Beach. Plow into Santa Monica. There is a people who are dying. And we cannot sit back as if the world was not dying before us. These days are so dark. These days are so evil. And we must stand up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, We have been given the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And in verse 7, Paul says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure inside of us. The living hope, the hope of glory. And if we hold this in and we don't share it with the world, what are we? That is wrong. Jude said, snatching them out of the fire. We have a work to do. And not only a work to do in the lost, we have to fight for the church. We have to fight for the fellowship. We have to fight for one another. John says in 1 John, we know love by this, that he laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. We must fight for each other. We must fight for the truth of God and what he is doing. Amen. And so I love you guys so much. We are so, so thankful 
for every single one of you guys. This time I came out to visit you, now it's your turn to come visit me. Okay? It's your turn. I'll be waiting. Amen? And there's, there's dangers in this world. Sure, there's dangers going across the border and dangers in a different country. But God wants us to go out and share this treasure. He is with us. And we are to fight for the truth in a world that is becoming so much more dark. Amen? Let us share Jesus, the treasure we have found with everyone. Amen? God bless you guys. Pray for Nate, man, because we have a, a lot of these home churches or live stream churches and they need pastors, man, and the writing's on the wall. I think, Nate, got to pray about that, man. We'll see what the Lord does, amen. What a blessing. He's, I just love him and his family. Uh, love you guys, man. Praise God. Well, uh, now we're just going to all see, you got, we're going to just go and march out there and we're going to sign up where you want to go in the mission field now. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody's motivated, though, right, to go and hit the pavement, man. But uh, let's get into the Word, uh, and open your Bibles, please. And I'd like you to turn, well, I want you to turn to a bunch of scriptures, actually, but I'm going to have you turn to a few so we can cover more ground. But please, take your Bibles and, and go to Luke chapter 10. We'll be arriving there in a minute. You know, uh, yesterday, horrific, heartbreaking uh, situation. I, 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 every time I think about it, man, I start to lose it, you know, it's just so heavy, you know that uh, 19 innocent children in a, a brazen act of incredible cowardice, a guy goes, a, goes over there and just shoots down, guns down all these little kids and, and, when a, and a teacher, 19 of them. And, and uh, I just did a message in Revelation 21.8, right, about those who go to the lake of fire and murderers, on that, murderers, on, murderers are on that list, you know. And uh, it was, it's just mind-boggling. And as much as that hurts your heart to think about, and as much as the nation is reeling right now over it, and should be, ought to be so grieved, a lot of people aren't recognizing, they're trying to blame the problem on this, that, or the other, and not realizing the problem is the human heart, man. The heart is, above, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And evil is very, very real. And the only hope we have in this world is the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and his gospel and you know, it wasn't just 19 innocent children that were killed brutally yesterday. It was 125,019 at least. Because 125,000 babies were killed yesterday too. And do you think that's any less tragic in God's eyes than the 19 who were butchered in Texas? Absolutely not. Just as innocent. In fact, you know the most protected place for a baby on earth? You know where it is? The womb. They're so well protected in the womb. That's how God designed it. It's not meant to be a place to where they're trapped and put to death. And in God's eyes, and we're, we ought to have God's eyes, his spirit grieves. We see that throughout the scripture when babies are put to death. So you have this brutality that's going on. And I'm not saying in the, in the nation, 125,000 around the world, babies were killed. But people don't want to talk about that. And, and 
You know, tens of thousands right here in this hemisphere were put to death. And we need to get a grip on what's going on. And, and the world, right now you see the left and the right arguing with each other, debating with each other, what's the best way to deal with this. And many on the left, for sure, those on the left, and many on the right miss the big picture. Is that the only hope is Jesus Christ, man. He's the only hope. And we have the gospel. And the church is given the mission to bring the gospel to the world. Amen? And I was going to preach on 1 Timothy chapter 1 because we're going through there. The last two verses, we're at the end of that chapter. Hymenaeus and Alexander and the church discipline that came upon them uh, because they were bringing in false teaching and be, they were being handed over to Satan to learn not to blaspheme. Serious stuff. Ooh, man. And I've done a lot of work on that message, but I shifted gears as I prayed and this, this thing went down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to talk about, you know what the world lacks? The world is just becoming so evil before our eyes. And Jesus said lawlessness would increase, right? Evil men and, and deceivers would wax worse and worse, amen? People without family love, we're seeing all that, guys. But they need to see the love of God. They see the, the love of God in Christ Jesus, amen? That God has shown to us. He's transformed our hearts through the gospel, amen? And they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. So everybody's pointing fingers and arguing and yelling at each other because many don't want to recognize that we have a problem, a sin problem. We have a job. And that is to preach the good news amidst all this ugliness, all this darkness, all this bad news. We have the light of Christ that shines through the darkness and pierces the darkness. Amen? We have the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, Jesus said, they'll know you're, you're my disciples by what? Your love for one another. Amen? They'll know you are my disciples by your love for one another. It, you know what really, really blesses me? You know what really, really blesses me? Not when a new person comes up to me afterwards and says, wow, that message really touched my heart. Oh, I was really blessed by the message. That's encouraging. I'm not going to lie. That's encouraging to know that you've touched someone through the word. But you know what I really, really, really love to hear? When they're like, Wow, you can really sense a lot of love here. Wow, this place is different. And, you, and I look, you know, I see it when people don't say it all the time. I'm up here, I preach, and I see everybody fellowshipping. And the love, it's almost in the air, you know? You can, you know what I'm saying? You just watch a bunch of Christians joyfully loving on each other and stuff. It's like thick. It's powerful. It's beautiful. And a sister that was visiting from one of the live stream fellowships, I don't know that she'd ever, I don't think she'd ever been in our fellowship, came a few weeks ago. And she was like, wow, this is so, maybe it was two months ago now. Wow, this is, it's amazing to be here to see all this love, you know. I remember we were in the church softball league, you know. People would tell me, wow, man, the church, this, man, your players, man, everybody, it's great to see this love. You, you got such a loving church, the pastors would tell me. I hope it's still that way. I'm not there anymore, and you guys better be being good. Amen. <laughs> no yelling at the umpire, no be the bad witness. Amen. You know, but the love of God gets people's attention. They'll know you are my disciples by your love for one another, amen? And when you go to John chapter 17, one of the most important apologetics you could ever read that Jesus gave was what? He wanted the world to see our love for one another, he said, so that the, the world will know that the Father sent me. So our love and the way we communicate with each other and the way we communicate with the world 
and we, the way we are selfless among them really advances the gospel. And you know, it's funny because a lot of people that are into apologetics don't emphasize love, and they miss one of the most important apologetics. Some people that are into sermon ministries are just cranky and angry and upset all the time. It's like, how could you be? <laughs> You're defending the truth of Jesus and who he is, the gospel. Why do you be cranky and mean and upset all the time? Amen? And it's important as Christians that we not only defend the gospel intellectually from the pages of Scripture with the Word of God by the Holy Spirit, amen, but that we defend the gospel by showing the very transformation that's taken place in our own lives, what God has done in us, amen, that we once were blind, but now we see, amen. So this is very, very important that we get this because the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 that without love, you are what? We're nothing, man. We're, yeah, a clanging symbol, just a bunch of noise. We're zeros. We're nothing, but he said, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus said, if you want to be like, he said, he commanded us to be like our Father in heaven, right? But he said, if you're going to be like your Father in heaven, you need to love even your enemies, because the Father loves his enemies. That was an unheard of kind of love in, in, in the first century. In fact, the Greek word agape that we use for love was given a brand new meaning by Christians in a, a way the Roman world didn't understand the word agapao, in the, in the, which is the verb, or agape, which is the noun. The, the verb and the noun got these different infusions of meaning because they were infused with God's love for us and giving his son. And that began to, it wasn't a very common word in the Greek language. It's common in Scripture, inspired by the Holy Spirit. He used, he used human words. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 40, in the Sermon on the Mount, the most popular sermon ever preached, and if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Because the Romans had a law. Because the Roman government wanted to ease the work for the Roman soldiers so they would be fresh and could do their duties. So they could tap you on the shoulder and ask you to carry their stuff for a mile. If you were in shape, most of those folks were in shape because you walked everywhere, that would be a tough work. And, Jesus, and, and a lot of these guys would be like, that's a bummer, especially the Jewish believers carrying the Romans' stuff, man. And Jesus says, two miles. You're like, two miles? Yeah, because he wants us to show the world who he is. And I'm trying to tell you right now, do you realize a lot of the people, a lot of the Christians that receive these letters couldn't go on the mission field? Do you know that? Some believe half the Christians that were in the first century were slaves, or more than half. They couldn't even leave the home they were at. They couldn't leave their master. But guess what? Their masters were getting saved left and right. The Roman Empire was being transformed because so many people were coming to Christ. Because it's right where you are, you need to be a witness. Amen? And some of you are saying, man, Nate just convicted me, but yeah. Guess what? The, the slaves couldn't go anywhere. You're not a slave, I don't think, right? We still need to get up and go too, amen? <laughs> it's a big need out there, amen? So I'm not use, don't use that as an excuse. Use it as a conviction. We need to shine where we're at too, amen? We need to make sure the whole, we understand the whole world is our mission field, amen? There's such a need for it. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's part of the love of Christ. That's part of the law of Christ. We're under the Mosaic law now. We're under the law of Christ, amen? Not as a means to be saved, but as evidence of our salvation by doing exactly what the Lord's commanded us to do and shining the light that he has brought into our lives, showing forth the fruit of our salvation. Matthew 7, 12, Jesus says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, you do also to them. Or it's also put another way, doing to others as you would have them do to you. That's what we call the golden rule. Now, I want to get some interesting facts and scientific truths that go together with kindness and love. And it's just amazing to me. Go to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. And this is very interesting proverb. This is a proverb that I committed to memory when I was a young Christian because it was a very practical way for me to show the love of God in my life to my family members, to my friends. Before I was a Christian, I was like every other non-Christian, you know, not Christ-centered, but self-centered, doing my own thing, you know, just getting through life, but just uh, living for myself and so forth. And when I came to Christ and realized how awesome and good God is, I wanted to obey him and be what he's called me to do. And, I, and he wants you to be what he's called you to be. And look at Proverbs 3, 1 through 4. And when, I, when you read this, I want to also encourage you, if you're a parent or if you may be a parent in the future, to jot these notes down in regard to some of these facts or at least write these things in your heart. Because Proverbs is not just written for us, it's written for children, amen, and for parents on how to train up their children in the Lord. And in Proverbs 3, 1 through 4, he says, My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart keep my commandments. And then he gives a benefit of keeping his commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, and this is interesting, and peace they will add to you. In other words, guess what? If you keep the commandments I'm going to give you, it'll give you length of days. You'll live a longer life. And you'll have peace in your life. Well, what does he say right after he says, your days will be lengthened and you'll have peace. Verse three, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Before we come back to kindness, what is truth? Jesus said in John 17, his high priestly prayer to the Father, thy word is truth, amen? Jesus said in John 14, six, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Amen. He is the truth. His word is truth. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Wow. Verse four, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. You want to have God's favor? Amen? Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Write them on, bind them around your neck like a necklace. Kindness and truth. In fact, I think it'd be really cool. If you're a sister, wouldn't that be cool to have a necklace that's kindness and then truth? I bet they're out there. I don't know, but I, if you Google it, you probably find it. That'd be a cool necklace. Kindness and truth. And write them on the tablet of your heart. Externally and internally. And don't let them leave you. You want to be kind to people. Amen? It needs to start at home. 
I care more by far. And I do care a lot about what the world thinks as far as making sure I'm a testimony for Christ and absolutely what my brothers and sisters think. But I care by far, first and foremost, what my wife thinks about me after God. God's number one for sure. Boom. That's a given. Amen. But I want to see what my wife and my kids think about me because they've lived with me. She lives with me. And I want her to know that I love her. And, you know, and I don't skip. I give her hugs all the time. I love her all the time. And she's, I love her. She's pretty easy to love most of the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's pretty, she's pretty easy to love all the time, pretty much, right? I'm not easy to love all the time. None of us are all the time. So that'd be, a, that'd be a lie, okay? I know those kind of lies are acceptable usually, but they're not really acceptable. So I try to be truth, speak the truth in love, right? So, but she's pretty easy to love, actually. Uh, very easy to love. Easier than most people, I'm sure. But man, how do I get myself out of this little hole I just dug? <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, she's, she's very easy to love, but guess what? We're not, we can, we got to be careful because we can react, react to things in the flesh, right? And you know, uh, we can, we have to always make sure, Lord, help me not react in the flesh. And I've reacted in the flesh a lot of times through my marriage, I'm sure, you know, if you asked her, has Joe ever been upset with you? She'll say, yeah, she won't think about it. Huh? Let me think, you know, but we've, we've never slept in different beds. We've never carried a grudge, you know with each other, because you, you obey the scripture, amen? And you walk in those things. And if you're doing that at home, guess what? Where the trials can be the hardest at times, right? You go out to the world, and that's what we need to be. They need to look at us and see our kindness and see our love, amen? And, and we want to wear the gospel, man. I think of John Heber when I would go into his work. And by the way, John's like one of the kindest men I know. Love you, John. What a blessing. And Heidi too. Not man though, woman. And always a woman, no matter what anybody says. What's that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, you can shake your head for yourself too, but she was shaking it for John. He's incredibly kind. But, uh, and you go into John's work, man, he'd have like the Gospel of John. Still this day, Book of Acts. Show our presentations. They sold their souls for rock and roll. Sometimes I think that's why that guy came in and shot John through two arms, you know, because he was witnessing for Christ. Thank God he lived through that. Amen. The guy shot another, killed one person, shot another one, left him for dead. And thank God that guy lived, shot John and uh, chased John around the tire shop. Guy never there before, never stepped in that shop before. Where did that come from? Demons. And John, I don't think there's any other shops in Simi Valley that were blurring the gospel all the time. And it's not like John's right off the freeway either. You got to go hunt for it. Boom. And you know what? You're like, Joe, I was feeling like, yeah, I'm going to try to be kinder, but if that's what happens to you, you know what? John didn't get bitter to God, with God, you know? He played all day today? Okay, well, pray for John, because it happened early in the morning the last time. Praise God. The fruit was awesome. Well, that's good to hear in light of our last elders meeting, John. Because our last elders meeting, you're like, man, we show stuff all the time. And so it's like people's hearts are hard to penetrate. What timing. Interesting. <laughs> That's, praise God. There was fruit from it. That's awesome. Praise God. He is good. But you know what? You want to make sure you stand out in the community as lights. Wherever you're at, you want to be known as this person loves God. That person's a nice, that guy's a nice guy. That, man, that, that gal, 
She's, wow, she's super sweet, man. Yeah, she's a Christian. She's what? Well, yeah, well, that probably explains it. She goes to church. Well, well, guess what? It's not just going to church, right? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian anymore than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Or going to a donut shop makes you a police officer, right? <laughs> Following Jesus and knowing Jesus is what makes you a believer, amen? amen. Now, it's important, man, because you, it's, you don't want to, this is serious stuff. You don't want to let, you don't want to leave the home without kindness and truth. I'd rather leave my keys or my wallet, okay, or my cell phone before I left kindness and truth. Amen? Because these, you want to start to, and I, I say that because I want you to understand this is essential for our Christian walk to shine the light and, and shine the light of Christ. Amen? It's absolutely important to get, get it, guys. Now, it's interesting. Last Sunday, I shared with you a number of people that are on the vice list that are going to the lake of fire. You know, liar, all liars, and you know, murderers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and thieves, and all these kinds of guys that are on the list. Those who are involved in sexual immorality, porneto, and I warned you guys, we have to walk with Jesus. None of us are gonna be perfect, but those cannot be part of your lives, amen? A normal part of your life, practicing any of those things. And I gave scriptural no, warnings, but I also gave you scientific evidence that people that watch pornography, and I just touched the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more that I'm, I need to say on that subject. But people watch pornography, it corrupts their brains. The Bible says, you know, God gives them people that are into porneto or sexual sin, that God gives them over a depraved mind. And actually, when you watch pornography, it rewrites the frontal lobe, it rewrites the, your frontal lobe. You know, you become a different person. And the frontal lobe isn't developed when you're a child. And it's, it's where you learn to discern. It's, it's where you, uh, it governs your impulses and all that. And that gets rewritten. You become like a little child not knowing the difference between right and wrong to a degree. And not able to confront impulses and overcome them and so forth. And that's why we have such a world that is just like a bunch of men. Grown men are like little kids. And that's why you have so many of them wanting to be women. All kinds of stuff. Because it's just, it's, it's messed up. But I, I said you're the scientific uh, evidence that what the Bible warns about as being destructive certainly is. Amen? Amen? But you know what? It's interesting. There's also scientific evidence that if you show kindness, if you show people acts of love, you seek to bless people and do things for them when they don't deserve it. And you show, that's kindness, you know? Showing acts of, 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 of love and mercy and and, and doing things that to help people and bless them, whether they deserve it or not, and we all deserve hell, really, when you do that, it actually, there's scientific evidence on the other side that, guess what, that's a real blessing. And I think that's incredible. In fact, uh, studies show that those who continue to show acts of kindness, that's just their lifestyle, they age slower than the average population. I looked at all these secular things, secular studies on kindness recently, or uh, uh, the data. Christine Carter, okay, she is a uh, UC Berkeley uh, professor of Greater Good Science Center there at uh, UC Berkeley. She writes, people who volunteer, people who volunteer, by the way, this is a good reason when they say, hey, we need help in the nursery, check this out. But people who volunteer tend to experience fewer aches and pains. 
Giving help to others protects overall health, twice as much as an aspirin protects against heart disease. People 55 and older who volunteer for two or more organizations have an impressive 44% lower likelihood of dying early. What in the world? Wow. And that's after sifting out every other contributing factor, including physical health, exercise, uh, gender, habits like smoking, marital status, and many more. That's, that's, that's a trip. Okay? Wow. The Bible says kindness is good for your heart. It makes your heart glad. It's a blessing to your heart. Proverbs 12.25 says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. But, good, but a good word makes him glad. Christine Carter from UK Berkeley writes, about half of participants in one study reported that they feel stronger and more energetic after, after helping others. Many also reported feeling calmer, less depressed, with increased feelings of you know, self-worth. Well, our value is from Jesus, amen? He created us in his image. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of the secular people in these studies, you know? And it's because God's written his law in our hearts, right? And even people that don't know the Lord can benefit from not doing evil things, amen? And from doing nice things physiologically. But how much more as Christians who have the Holy Spirit, amen, do we have a benefit of doing things that are kind-hearted? Another study showed that witnessing acts of kindness produces oxytocin, not oxycontin, but oxytocin, occasionally referred to as the love hormone, which aids in lowering blood pressure and improving overall heart health. Wow. That's because oxytocin is known as a cardioprotective hormone. It protects the heart. How? Because it releases a chemical called nitric oxide. It releases another chemical called nitric oxide, which basically dilates your blood vessels, makes them bigger, reducing blood pressure, and therefore protects the heart by lowering blood pressure. You got high blood pressure? Sign up for nursery duty. <laughs> Be a greeter at the door and show people the love of Christ, amen, when they come in, amen. amen? But don't just do it once a week. Let this be your lifestyle. Don't let kindness and truth leave you. Write it around your neck or, you know, bind it around your neck and write it on the tablets of your heart. Let that be who you are. Now, don't do it. Say, like, man, I'm finally going to be kind. It's like, wow, Joe, that grumpy person that was always grumpy at church, man, they're all nice now because they know it's going to help their blood pressure. Well, I wish they would have been nice because Jesus said be nice. That's all we should really need, amen? What grumpy person do I have in mind? I don't know of a grumpy person here, so wasn't thinking of anybody. If I'm looking at you, I'm looking at everybody, okay? People always think I'm looking at them. I'm looking at everybody. Okay, now if I fix on you for five minutes, you know, then there might be something going on, but I try not to ever do that. So it's just interesting. Showing acts of kindness also uh, is one of the best antidotes for pain, depression, and anxiety. Wow. Uh, according to uh, Lizette Borelli in Medical Daily, engaging in acts of kindness produces endorphins, the brain's natural painkiller. Which is amazing. There's all kinds of chemical things happening when you're kind to other people. In them too. Do you realize it? Not only in you, but in them. But also in you. Actually, I think it was Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says, Jesus taught 
or said or declared. It's better to what? Give tender than to receive. How many, how many have heard that? Wow, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. What does that mean? Well, it's better on a lot of levels, man. But man, when you, when you do acts of kindness, wow. Okay, you don't all have to leave and go, you do acts of kindness after the message now too. Okay, twos, twos does so many kind things. I, I think twice in the last six months, she's brought us like chocolate-covered strawberries. And she doesn't just dip them once in the chocolate. She dips them twice. And that gives me a incentive to walk. I've been walking more since those strawberries came. You know, hiking, riding. Now, it's interesting. Perpetually kind people, this is interesting, have 23, 23%, that's huge, less of the stress hormone cortisol. It's not only a bunch of good things, it gets rid of some or lowers some bad things. Isn't that crazy? Okay, many of you have heard about these different hormones and chemicals and so forth and how important they are to how we function and so forth. But these are all important reasons, but the greatest incentive I have to be kind is not these benefits physiologically. Although, keep in mind, what did we read in Proverbs where it says, do not let kindness and truth leave you and to bind kindness and truth around your neck and write them on the tablets of the heart? What did it say? If you obey this commandment, you'll have what? You'll live longer and you'll have peace. Isn't that interesting? This is the word of God, you guys. And science just always proves God's word more and more and more. So you'll have 23 less stress hormone cortisol in your life on average. But you know what really motivates me? I love Ephesians 4.32. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.11, I should say. So we're supposed to do that. But what's the motivation? I love Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's a motivation, man. God forgave us while we were yet sinners. Amen? While we were enemies, while we were children of wrath, while we were hostile to God. Amen? He became a man, having no place to lay his head. Amen? Birds of the air, you know, have nests, Jesus said, and foxes have holes. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. It says he became poor so that we could become rich. And God in Christ Jesus, man, Jesus Christ, who's God in the flesh, suffered hell on the cross in our place so we could enjoy his heavenly kingdom with him forever. That's the ultimate act of, act of kindness. And how could we not go out of our way to lift a finger to help other people the rest of our lives? Just as a way of saying, I want to be like you. Well, how awesome you are. Amen to be thankful to him. Luke 6.35, Jesus says, but love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. 6.27, he says of Luke, but I say to you who uh, here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. And don't give up because sometimes, you know what, if you're looking for a reward with somebody being nice to you because you were nice to them, that's not gonna be gonna get you through life being kind because you're going to get, find out that people don't always respond in kind. You do something kind for something and they're ungrateful and so forth. Well, guess what? That's the world we live in. It's sad. It's not going to be what it's like in heaven. But don't grow weary in well-doing, the Bible says. Amen? 
In fact, in Galatians 6, 9, and 10, Paul says, and let us not grow weary, don't grow tired of doing good. For in due season, we will reap. So you don't only get blessed here, you get blessed in God's eternal kingdom, amen? Let's not grow weary in doing good, for in due season, we will reap. And if we do not, if we do not give up, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So do good to everyone, but especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? You want to be a blessing to everyone, but especially your brothers and sisters in the Lord. When Jesus said, what you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done unto me. You know, my brethren there isn't the lost world. We're called to do good to all men, but in that context, he puts the sheep on his right. The goat's on his left. And he says, what you've done to the least of these, my brethren, talking about the sheep, believers, you've done unto me. Why? Because we are the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Saul, Saul, he said, Jesus says to him, why thou persecutest me? When Saul was persecuting the believers, he was touching the apple of Jesus' eye. And when you bless your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're blessing the heart of Jesus. Amen? That right there motivates me, man. I want to bless my father. I want to bless him. If you love me, Peter, feed my sheep. Amen? If you love me, Peter, tend my lambs. Take care of them. Amen? So as we encourage one another, amen, we're loving him. We're loving his body. We're loving Jesus. Amen? That's how you show him love. And if you're like, man, I wish I could show the love of God. God, I love him more and I'm grateful for what he's done for me. Well, sing praises to him. Amen? Bless his holy name but also bless your brothers and sisters, amen? Because you're blessing the Lord in doing so. It's really heavy when you think about it. That's the main reason. I mean, praise the Lord for the physiological health benefits from being nice, amen? <laughs> for being kind, that's really, really cool. But I just love this stuff. Acts of kindness, I was listening. What are different acts of kindness that, the Lord, that, are, that we could do that on a practical level? You visit someone when they're sick in the hospital, Amen? Not any one person can visit everybody that's sick in the hospital here. There's too many people sick too many times. But if we all do it together, we can all visit people or visit them when they're at their homes, amen? You can make a meal for someone who is having a hard time, who has a hard time making their own meals or buy a meal and bring it over. Just bless people in various ways. Share an encouraging scripture with somebody. Text them, text it to them. Show them that you love them, Amen. Help someone move. Somebody needs help. And you're free at that time. You can help people move. That's a big help. Buy someone's groceries who's struggling. You know, drop up a bunch of groceries at their house because you know they're going through stuff. Amen? There's all kinds of ways you can show love to people. Go up and give somebody an encouraging word. Tell them that you love them. You know, that just be a blessing. Many people, they wake up in the day, and this is how the world thinks. They wake up in the morning and they think, I hope I'm going to have a good day. What am I going to get out of this day? How much pleasure can I squeeze out of that day, this day? That's not the way we ought to be thinking as Christians. If anyone would come after me, Jesus said, he must what? Take up his cross, deny himself daily and follow me. But it's better to give than to receive. If you live for yourself, you'll end up depressed. You'll end up in a lot of agony because that's not the way we're designed. Just like if, if a cell in your body lives for itself, it's called a cancer cell. If you're part of the church, the body of Christ, you're not, not be living for yourself. You should be being a blessing to others, amen? amen? 
and reaching out to others and helping them and encouraging them. We should be waking up in the morning and saying, how can I be a blessing to others? Lord, use me today. Put people on my heart. You know, I mean, we got to go through life. You got to work your job. You got to, but guess what? Even doing your job. What are you doing your job for? It says do everything to the glory of God. It says work to his glory too. So you, you're making money. If you got a family, you're trying to help your family out because that's, that's a good thing to do before the Lord. Amen. But you also use your money to be a blessing, to share with the poor, to help those in need. Amen. So the Bible says you charge those who are rich in this world to, to share their wealth with those who need help. And that's all of us here. If you live in the United States of America and you got food and covering here, you're rich compared to most of the world. It's important, folks. Okay? You're supposed to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Amen. Now, it's interesting because the greatest act of kindness you could ever show anyone is by sharing the gospel with them. Amen. The greatest act of kindness that you can show any lost person is by sharing the saving gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Amen? Witnessing to them. Sharing it with your, not just your words, but your actions. Amen? Expanding your life. Letting them know that you're not just, you're not just sharing what you know. You're sharing the, the love of Christ that you care for them. Amen? You're not there to win an argument with them. You're there to share the love of Christ with them. They give you arguments against the gospel. You want to be a great apologist and pray, Lord, give me words to show them the truth because they're under a delusion and they, they need to come out of darkness to light. Amen? It's important that we get this. It's important that we understand it. In fact, look at Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And this is to one of the pastors, Titus 3. Paul writing, remind, verse 1, remind them to be subject to the rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, that's who we were, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. That's how we were before we knew Jesus, to one degree or another. Verse four, but, but, I love that word but there. But, when the kindness, see that? God's kindness. The kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by washing of, washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I mean, come on, what blows away that act of kindness? He gives himself and takes the punishment we deserve so we could be saved, so we could be filled with his Holy Spirit, born again, have an eternal home in the heavens with him, amen? And what's the best thing you could do for someone? Share with them what Jesus did for them so their life, they can be, as a result of that, saying, I once was blind, but now I what? I see I was once lost, but now I'm found, thanks be to Jesus, amen? amen. So kindness is so important you know and it's it's amazing too what the littlest acts of kindness will do the littlest acts and guess what you 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 shouldn't say man would this act of kindness be a blessing physiologically you should be asking that question just be kind because jesus commanded you to be kind 
But you know, also remember, he said, even if you do something which we, a lot of people would consider a very small little thing, if you give somebody a cold glass of water in my name, Jesus said, you will not lose your what? Reward. Reward. You don't just get blessed here, you guys. You get blessed throughout eternity. That's a blow mine, man. Think about that. You get blessed throughout all eternity. You get rewarded by him in eternity for your acts of kindness here, you know? I, mean, I just, I look around, you know, and I just see all these kind people, you know? I could start in the front row here, you know, and just uh, talk about, you know, Israel and his family here. What a blessing you guys have been. Amen. I could go to the next row, you know, and look at Carlos, man. He's shown a lot of kindness to a lot of people, you know, and Angel and Diane and, and, uh, and continue to just, you know, what a blessing. They just go on mission trips to Mexico and don't ask for anything in return or wherever and expend their lives. Them and their family just blows me away to see the acts of kindness and they're just very kind. They're not getting anything out of it, but they're getting totally blessed. But they're not like, let's go on a Mexico trip because I want my blood pressure to go down. They're not even doing it to get something out of it, you know? You know? They're doing it because they want to be a blessing. Amen? Carlos has gone on some of those trips too, you know? And uh, the next row... Uh, Oh, Ivan and Landell, I'm going to skip that row. Uh, the next row after them, <laughs> I say that, I could joke with them because Ivan and Landell are some of the kindest people you'll ever meet. Amen? In fact, we asked uh, Ivan to do the uh, Testament of the Men's Retreat. He just, you know, they, shine the, they both shine the light of Jesus. They're both sharing the gospel with people all the time, you know? And I could just keep going and going and going, you know? throughout the fellowship here, so many acts of kindness that, you know, I, I've witnessed with my eyes that bless my life. Do you know it blesses you to watch acts of kindness? It's actually contagious. It's infectious. It blesses you physiologically when you witness other people do acts of kindness. Woo, what a, a lot of good reasons to go to church. Amen. Just love one another. Amen. So God is just so good. I remember uh, a brother saying, he, when he came to Christ, came to church, he said, all that happened is a deacon sat him down, said, all oh, right over here, and said, hey, God bless you. And he started bawling and sobbing. And he opened up his heart to the gospel because somebody just seated him down and said, God bless you, sincerely to him. And he just wept before God and embraced Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and understood the gospel. Because when you're kind, man, people have hard hearts, man, and kindness just goes like an arrow into the depths of someone's heart. And, and kindness, it's like, just like the sun can melt a block of ice. The kindness of the Son of God through believers who are called to reflect his light like mirrors, amen, and be lights in the world as he's the light of the world, penetrates hearts and can melt that heart of stone, amen? It can really penetrate the heart because kindness is not what this world sees often, does it? It's such a surprise to so many people when they see uh, acts of kindness done in the name of Christ. And, and you want to do your acts of kindness to the glory of God in the name of Christ. You don't want to go be kind and, and then people say, you're such a nice person. Wow, what a blessing. Oh, you're, and they don't know Jesus. You're like, yeah, I'm a nice guy, huh? That's just how, well, how, how, how come you're so nice? Just kind of guy I am. Uh-oh. You're only kind because Jesus Christ, you know, made you in his image, Amen. And if you're a Christian, you have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, kindness. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
You're saying, I, I want to be more kind, Joe. Well, if anyone be in Christ, a new creation, behold, old things have passed away, all things become new. The Holy Spirit now lives in you. Now yield to the Holy Spirit and don't walk in the flesh. And walk in the Spirit and you'll fulfill the law of Christ. And, you'll, and pray, Lord, help me be kind and choose to be kind. Be deliberate in making a decision that this is the kind of person I'm going to be. Amen? I'm just going to be a kind person in Christ Jesus and give glory to him. Someone says, wow, thanks. Wow, you've been such a blessing to me. Praise God. Thank you so much. There's a second person I can say that. Wow, that was really nice to you. Wow, why are you so nice? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say, hey, you know, God, God was kind to me. What a great opportunity to witness. Amen? And use this opportunity to share, share how he changed your heart. And keep in mind, the Lord's going to remember Hebrews chapter 16, verse, or chapter 6, verse 10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Amen? Now, in 1 Timothy 4.8, because church, I did a message one time called God's Gym. If you're looking for it, you're online or part of our live stream audience, and praise the Lord for all you guys. If you're looking for it, I don't know if you'll find it because it was at a men's retreat, and I don't think it was recorded. But uh, I taught, we talked about how we're, the church is like God's gym. Oh, it's many things. It's, a, it's like a cafeteria. You get the milk and the meat of the word. It's like a hospital. You get spiritually cared for, amen. It's a travel agency. It's where you find, find out how to get to heaven. You know, it's all these things, amen. But uh, it's also a gym. And kindness is like a muscle. And when you, you're in fellowship, you grow. In fact, Paul said in 1 Timothy 4.8, bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Well, we've been seeing some physiological benefits from just being kind. That's just tip of the iceberg. When you live a Christian life, man, you are supremely blessed, not only in this world, but the world to come. Uh, in fact, Dr. Richie Davidson of Uni the University of Wisconsin writes, it's kind of like weightlifting, we found that people can actually build up their compassion muscle and respond to others suffering with care and a desire to help. So it's interesting. When you get together in fellowship and you're encouraging one another and loving one another, it's like going to the gym. You get better at it. In fact, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, uh, or 24 says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. So just like you go to the gym, you're helping each other work out and stuff. Well, spiritually, we're stimulating each other to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, and encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we're supposed to be getting together as we see the day of Christ drawing near, amen, edifying one another, building one another up, stimulating one another, loving good works, encouraging each other to walk in Jesus. How's your walk going, bro? What can we do for Jesus together? Or just however. And guess what? You become empowered. You help empower others. In fact, Jamal Zaki, Zaki of Stanford University, Scientific American, uh, found that, quote, the positive effects of kindness are experienced in the brain of everyone who witnesses the act, improving their mood and making them significantly more likely to pay it, pay it forward, to mimic the act. And I've read another study when I was looking at the dangers of pornography that in a scientific journal that we have these genes that or we, we uh, selves that mimic. I mentioned that I think briefly Sunday. Well, guess what? That's a bad thing if you're watching pornography. Okay, you imitate that junk and it's evil. Guess what? When you when you watch acts of kindness, they have an effect on you. 
This means he writes that one good deed can create a domino effect and improve the day of dozens of people. Wow. No wonder it's better to give than to receive. Amen? Well, it's interesting. Also, serotonin, like uh, a lot of, you know, medical antidepressants, but natural, it stimulates kindness production, or the kindness stimulates the production of serotonin in your, in your system. And that's a feel-good chemical that God gave us. It's crazy. Another study, according to a research, a research from Emory University, when you're kind to another person, your brain's pleasure and reward centers light up when they test the brain, as if you were the recipient of the good deed, not the giver. This phenomenon is called the helper's high. Isn't that a trip? Again, Jesus says it's better to give than to receive, right? So when you're giving acts of kindness, guess what? You're getting blessed in so many ways. Next time they say, hey, we need help in the nursery, there should be a line. Sign me up. I want to get the helpers high, you know, in Jesus. Amen. I want to be filled with his spirit. And this is even mentioning that, that what transcends everything I'm reading physiologically is transcended by what happens spiritually in our lives. Amen. By the Holy Spirit and God's work in our lives spiritually. It's just, I just find it so amazing, though, that even the world recognizes this. A University of British Columbia study found uh, in a study of a group of highly anxious individuals that performed at least six acts of kindness a week, that after one month, there was significant increase in positive moods, relationship satisfaction, and a decrease in social avoidance in social anxious individuals. Wow. A 2010 Harvard uh, Business School survey uh, found out that after studying 136 or people in 136 countries, they found that people who are altruistic, in this case, people who were generally, uh, were, I'm sorry, generous financially, such as with charitable donations, were the happiest of everybody in the group, those who were the biggest givers. Do you know when they looked at the giving of liberals versus conservatives? Anybody see those studies? Liberals give like squat, hardly anything. And I thought, no wonder they're so depressed, so many of them. Ultimately, it's because they need Jesus, amen? I'm talking about liberals who believe it's okay to kill babies, okay? It's okay to uh, have transsexualism and and push that on little kids. A a huge percentage of kids, by the way, that grow up after having had that done to them, huge percent regret it and say, why did they do this to me? Okay, we already know that. Wow, man, Lord God. So the greatest by far act of kindness, as I mentioned, is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because right now, this world is in an ugly storm of darkness, man. And we need to be rainbows in people's storms, amen? We need to be lights that point to Jesus, who is the ultimate rainbow, amen? But we need to be part of that rainbow that reflects his light. Because again, he said, I'm the light of the world, but he also said, you are the light of the world, amen? And again, we're like the moon that shines the light of the sun. We just reflect his light. It's all glory to him. And when you share the kindness of the Lord, man, I remember when the church was new, Lisa and I went out to lunch with a a gal that was visiting, and she'd never heard the gospel. And you start to, you have to be careful because we start to become inoculated to the power of the gospel and realize how powerful it is to the non-believer when their hearts are open. Because Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God and salvation. To everyone that believes, the Jew first and also the Greek, amen? 
And we began to share the gospel with her. And as I was sharing with her, she began to weep before me, gal named Jenny. And uh, she began to weep and bawl and cry. And she's like, that's so beautiful. I didn't have to put, you know, pressure. You need to turn or burn. I didn't have to even go there, man. She said, I want Jesus. And she embraced Jesus as her Lord and Savior. You know, remember Lisa and I were at the Cheesecake Factory celebrating our anniversary in Marina Del Rey. And it was packed. And a waitress was serving us. God put it on my heart, I believe. And I told her, my waitress, she was talking to us just for a couple minutes. And I said, you know, taking an order. And I said, you're running from God, aren't you? And she started bawling and took off. And she was about 30 years old. And that's about how old Lisa and I were at that time, you know, about five years ago or so. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> many, many, many moons ago, you know. And I, and, uh, and she came back and, and, and uh, I began to talk to her again. She began to bawl again. She had to take off again, you know. And she came back. And you know what? I thought, she bawled, but you know what? That all was precipitated by an act of kindness. You see, she got my order wrong. And she realized it was wrong when she was serving me. And she said, she said, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, I, got, I gave you the wrong, I, I, I told him the wrong thing. You ordered this, right? I go, yeah. But I go, don't worry about it. You know, I'll, I'll, this is fine. I go, I asked her, I go, well, I really didn't want what she gave me. But I said, do you have to pay for this if you bring it back? And she said, yeah, I do. And I go, you are not taking it back. And uh, I go, it's not a problem. I, I'm sure I'll still enjoy it, which I meant that. I, if you know me, I'll eat whatever, man. And, <laughs> and she goes, and then, when, and then, then right, after that I said, right after that I said, you're running from God. And I think that's what opened her, eye, her heart up was that act of kindness, showing the love of Christ, let the light of Christ shine in us, amen. And she just began to weep. And, and then after she got, she turned back to Christ. She said she was backslidden. Her name was Becky and she was out, you know, in the Venice holding a big giant snake and everything on the pier. And, and boom, before you know it, man, she's going to our church when Blessed Hope started. It was a newer fellowship, you know. And uh, God brought transformation to her heart. I remember sharing the gospel. Uh, Car Carlos over here, this Carlos, with you and Bree over here, your wife. You know, your wife, bro, praise God. And uh, they just, you know, got married, so praise the Lord. Uh, and as I shared the gospel, she started to get tears. And, and she goes, what's going on with me? This weird feeling inside, it, it's beautiful. And it was because I was telling her about Jesus and what he did for you guys, right? And I've seen the tears in Carlos's eyes too. And, and when you start, the gospel is so beautiful, it's so powerful. And we can only show acts of kindness to get to them to open up to the greatest act of kindness. So let their guard down and realize they're in darkness and they need to be saved, amen? So it's important that we show the ultimate kindness in sharing the gospel that Jesus died for us, that he was buried and he rose again and conquered the grave and that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, amen? So let's not hesitate to share the true gospel. Nate, thanks for sharing, man. And thanks for showing kindness to uh, the folks in Mexico who need the gospel. It's a blessing beyond what we even dream or think, amen? And let's all share the gospel, amen? If you don't know Jesus, embrace him. He died this horrible death because he loves you and wants to save you, amen? And put your trust in him. Repent and put your faith in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your